Each day we get hundreds of questions from our clients and other small and mid-sized business owners about some of the most common HR issues. We figured if they have those questions, you might too. Let's provide a lifeline and share our answers to some of the most common scenarios. This is HR Rescue with your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go! Discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity is prohibited nationwide. The Supreme Court ruled in June 2020 that terminating an employee merely for being gay or transgender is discrimination based on sex in violation of Title VII. This decision settles the split among lower courts regarding whether Title VII covers sexual orientation and gender identity. Employers with 15 or more employees are covered by Title VII. Smaller employers may be covered by an applicable state or local equal employment opportunity law that explicitly prohibits sexual orientation and gender identity discrimination. Employers must protect individuals identifying as LGBTQ from workplace discrimination. Awareness of issues affecting LGBTQ individuals is also important, including sensitivity to the needs of transgender individuals who may be transitioning or undergoing sexual reassignment surgery. In light of this ruling, employers that do not already prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity should update their policies immediately and take several other steps to ensure compliance with the law and to cultivate a diverse workplace and a culture of tolerance and inclusion. First, develop or update EEO-related policies and procedures. A critical component of achieving and supporting diversity in the workplace is ensuring that the EEO-related policies are communicated effectively and enforced uniformly. Create or revise existing federal EEO-related policies, for example, discrimination, harassment, retaliation, and bullying, to include sexual orientation and gender identity as protected categories or within the definition of sex as evidence of an intent to comply with Title VII. An employer may also be subject to state and local laws prohibiting discrimination. Employers should ensure that they are aware of and compliant with state and or local law in jurisdictions where they have operations and adjust EEO policies as appropriate, for example, including a catch-all phrase such as any other characteristic protected by federal, state, and or local laws. Check for gendered language and strive to make policies and other workplace communications gender-neutral. Remember to check policies and procedures in all formats and locations, for example, on an intranet, in a handbook, and in an electronic communication. Once up to date, communicate any changes to policies or procedures to all employees. Next, train your managers and supervisors. Train managers and supervisors on Title VII's broad definition of sex and on the employer's stance against discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Other items to address in this training may include how to recognize when an LGBTQ employee is experiencing discrimination, retaliation, harassment, or bullying in the workplace, and how to appropriately intervene. Intervention should include properly responding to an LGBTQ employee's complaint or reported incident against an LGBTQ employee. A review of the appropriate terminology when it comes to LGBTQ individuals. This helps to create an inclusive workplace culture and educates employees on how to send respectful communications to coworkers who may be different from them. How to support an employee transitioning or undergoing gender reassignment surgery, if applicable, and incorporate LGBTQ protections into any training or guidelines on making employment decisions from hiring to promotions and pay raises to discipline and termination. 
Comprehensive training, specifically with respect to managers and supervisors, can be essential to minimizing the risk of employer liability. Train employees. While training managers and supervisors is important, training the entire employee population is also critical to fostering an inclusive workplace and preventing discrimination, retaliation, harassment, and bullying. Review what constitutes unacceptable behavior and direct employees to treat colleagues with dignity and respect. Warn employees to avoid the use of stereotypes and offensive language, jokes, and slurs against LGBTQ individuals. Ensure that employees are well aware of the potential consequences for engaging in discriminatory behavior, as well as how and where to make a complaint or raise a concern regarding possible discrimination. It may also be appropriate for an employer to provide additional training to the colleagues of an employee who is transitioning or undergoing gender reassignment surgery. Covered employers in some states, such as California, are required to provide harassment prevention training that covers sexual orientation and gender identity. This training must be provided to supervisory and non-supervisory employees. Keep in mind that some employees may not be supportive of their LGBTQ and colleagues because of their religious beliefs. The Supreme Court did not provide an opinion on the interplay between Title VII and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 and other protections for religious beliefs. However, requiring employees to treat their colleagues in a professional and respectful manner is essential to creating an inclusive workplace. Take complaints seriously. Create an atmosphere of open communication and trust so that employees can voice their concerns without fear of retaliation. Firmly committing to taking all complaints based on LGBTQ status seriously and promptly investigate them. Assure employees, managers, and supervisors that they will not be retaliated against for bringing such a complaint and that the complaint will be kept confidential to the extent possible. Conduct a thorough investigation by reviewing any evidence and interviewing the complainant, the alleged perpetrator, and any potential witnesses. Document the entire investigation process and the steps taken in response to the complaint. Consider implementing interim measures such as separating the complainant from the alleged perpetrator during the course of the investigation. Take remedial and or disciplinary measures if warranted. Then follow up with the employee to ensure that no further incidences have occurred. Provide reasonable accommodations. Carefully considering all accommodation requests from LGBTQ individuals, discuss the request with the employee and provide reasonable accommodations when possible. For example, consider allowing all employees and third parties to use the restroom or locker room that corresponds with their current gender identity and presentation regardless of the individual's sex at birth. Single-occupant, gender-neutral restrooms provide increased privacy for all individuals. If an employer maintains multi-occupant restrooms with stalls, it may want to consider additional privacy measures, such as stall doors and dividers. An employee who is uncomfortable with an LGBTQ individual using a particular restroom should be permitted to use another facility. When it comes to accommodation requests relating to dress codes, allowing an individual to dress consistently with their gender identity, as long as the individual looks professional and appropriate for the particular workplace and position. This is also applying to policies related to uniforms, grooming, jewelry, and makeup. Handle a transgender employee's name change using the same policies and procedures for other employee name changes, for example, marriage or divorce. Also find out their preferred pronouns and then use them. Make sure all managers, supervisors, and colleagues do the same. Support transitioning employees. While the Supreme Court recognizes that its decision does not provide employers with guidance on issues surrounding sex-specific changing facilities and restrooms, 
employers can still strive to be sensitive to transgender employees who are transitioning and or undergoing gender reassignment surgery. Processes around how an employee can make a name change, update employee records, resolve conflicts over restroom use, comply with dress code, or request a change in duties or responsibilities, a potential transfer, and other accommodations that an employee may need while they are transitioning should be discussed and handled on a case-by-case basis. Keep all discussions private and confidential to the extent possible, but also work through the, with the employee and when they want coworkers and third parties to be advised of the change. Also be aware of any state or local laws that may impact the employer's decision. For example, in New York City, employers may not require an individual to use a single occupancy restroom or other facility. However, employers can accommodate requests to use single occupancy restrooms and can provide single occupancy restrooms and private spaces within multi-user facilities for anyone who has privacy concerns. Next, review your recruiting and hiring practices. LGBTQ individuals should be treated fairly in all aspects of employment, including recruiting and hiring. Recruitment practices should aim to attract applicants from as wide a talent pool as possible. Inclusive recruitment practices include stating the employer's adherence to anti-discrimination laws and job postings. An employer should even consider listing the specific grounds on which it will not discriminate. Recruiting from broad-reaching sources, for example, post job ads on general job boards, and targeting underrepresented groups. For example, provide job ads to LGBTQ advocacy groups to post on their website. And if using an employment agency or external recruiter, clearly explain the employer's stance on discrimination. Hiring decisions should be based on merit, skills, and qualifications. Ensure interviewers do not talk about personal matters, especially ones that could lead an applicant to reveal their sexual orientation or gender identity or other protected characteristics. For example, asking about family status, assuming a male candidate's spouse is a woman. Any background checks or reference checks that require applicants to provide a prior name could expose a transgender applicant. Such information should be kept confidential and not shared with the hiring decision makers. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the HR Rescue Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The HR Rescue Podcast is made possible by HR Shield, the firm consulting group of Tampa, and your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go! This podcast was recorded in Tampa, Florida and Greenville, South Carolina, and was produced by Lonnie West at LRW Media Studios. Find us in your favorite podcast app or online at hr-rescue.com.